I remember one of the first performances I ever saw was um, Stephen Cohen performing Chandelier um, at the Africa Museum. Coming down the ceiling, I was just sitting on the floor. I was just like a first year fashion school kid, like probably two months in Johannesburg. And, and I think that that was the day that just everything just went. And I think Atipataruga then becomes the result of that day that was full of art, years of not knowing how to, with my voice and my skills and talent to go like, I exist. I am not just a rainbow child. I'm not just, I'm not just a product of whatever is happening, but I exist. And there was just a superhero power that just came to me that like, you're going to document the lives of, of yourself, not of people, but of yourself and of your many selves. From the Institute for Creative Arts at the University of Cape Town, this is the ICA podcast where we interview South African artists and curators who perform or curate live interdisciplinary works. I'm Catherine Bull and you're listening to Season 2, Episode 6, featuring performance artist Adi Patraruga and his epic retrospective performance, Things We Lost in the Rainbow. Things We Lost in the Rainbow has been performed just once at the ICA Live Art Festival in 2018, curated by Jay Pather, where it unfolded as a two-hour-long, multi-sided, multimedia processional work in which a cast of over 30 avatars led the audience through Cape Town city centre, from the digital dome of the planetarium to the walls of the Universal Church of the Kingdom of God on Batengun Street. As a retrospective, Things We Lost in the Rainbow re-screened Ruga's video works, like Public Service Announcement and Over the Rainbow. It reimagined his early performances, like Beirut's interventions in Cape Town City Centre, and it re-embodied his numerous avatars, including the future white woman of Azania, the elder, and the versatile Queen Ivy, all characters from Ruga's mythological land of Azania, that he began conceptualizing and creating from the early years of his performative practice. Yeah, it, it, 2008 became this place whereby I, I just started wanting to parody with consciousness, with a studiousness as well, with sort of like wanting really to study what maketh a South African man, what maketh a South African woman, what maketh the, 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 the body national of the South African experience, because post-94, it felt like you were being made part of a body national and there was something slightly and softly violent about it. Um, so my interests are that, how nations are made. I'm always wrestling with, uh, with the term mythology because sometimes mythologies can be so real. It's how we make sense of things, right? Utopia, balloons, zebras, multicolors, all of those things for me were used to be a very dark critique of the utopia that we thought we built in South Africa for ourselves, the one that we burn people for. In today's episode, we explore this dark critique, moving between memorials and public spaces across the streets of Cape Town to experience the performance of Things We Lost in the Rainbow in 2018, as well as Atipaturuga's enduring fascination with identity, nationhood, and the promises and failures of the new South Africa. 
but we begin with names and naming. I was born Atengosi Lupelele Huga. My father is Zukile Thomas Huga. My mother is Nomadile Emma Ngalungulu. Um, Atengosi means we give thanks. Lupelele means that we've had enough or it is sufficient because at that time I believed I was the last of 10 kids. At that time. <laughs> um, I was born in Umtata six years before the institutional um, ending to apartheid, um, 10 years before 1994, and I was raised in East London. My dad was a journalist, so um, during the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, he used to take us to some, <laughs> to some days, sit all day and like watch these testimonies, but it was a lot of movement. My mom was part of Bottle and also uh, PAC. My dad was very much drunk on the Mandela miasma. It was very fascinating. My mom was very like, she didn't want to compromise. Um, she dreamt of an Azania that, 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 and she used that word a lot more than my dad. I think that in my realization, my dad wanted to use new South Africa, but my mother was always about Azania. Also, my mother was from a very traditional background um, where she didn't practice um, religion in the sense of Christian religions or Abrahamic religions. My dad on one side was um, an Anglican boy, <laughs> a server and all of that. So my family has these sort of like tensions, these double consciousnesses, you know. And I've, I think that your artistic life is probably in the first seven years, but also in your artistic life and your sense of beauty, your sense of aspiration, who you want to be, sort of like happens in that 10 years. I think it starts with the fact that really I, I'm born in the trans sky. I moved to the cis sky. And you have to be in two different republics and be two different people, you know? get uh, a passport at 13 and start going throughout, getting given to people. So you learn how to move through this border. I think that was the first sort of like performance, the transgression between the trans guy or the river Kai between the trans and cis guy. Those two geographies then transferred to my academic life or my schooling life. I would then go to a Protestant English Afrikaans school, which was first an English school. Like I didn't want to assimilate because the spirit of my mom was always with me. It's like, I know you don't like me, <laughs> you know? So um, I didn't want to assimilate, but there was a point in order for you to pass, you have to then mix your language with other languages and find another thing. But the result of that is nuclear. Just on language alone, to be able to speak English, Afrikaans, and Isikosa, and then other Nguni languages that you learn from the SABC, and Swana languages that you learn from the SABC, it really, the imagination, my imagination blew from language. And you can also bounce then in all the visual languages that come with these various cultures and geographies. As I grew up, I grew up as an overweight kid, and I come from a family that's very weight conscious. My mother, my mother was a was a, a nurse, so she was very health obsessed. My dad was overweight, <laughs> um, and and so I was very much made aware of my body, how it gains weight, how it loses weight, how it stains gaining weight, and all of that. 
And then I, uh, I started dancing to music videos as well at that time. There was no MTV in South Africa in 96. But um, there was something called Zero Hour Zone. So I would come back home, put my things, put my aerobics clothes on, clear out the coffee table and the couches, and I would dance to every single music video, hip hop, dancehall, raga. And I would look at these costumes and these people making themselves while I'm making them myself. And it's not even something in retrospect. I was looking at someone making themselves and in return, I would make myself. And that is to me performance. Um, I would dance so much that my niece started calling me Patra because I used to dance in front of a, a certain music video uh, by a musician called Patra who was a, a, a dancehall star at that moment and it was rigorous, the actual choreography. So she ended up calling me Patra. Yeah, self-invention for me begins in the mid-90s. I knew what I wanted to do. In Standard 8 in 1999, um, I was given a scholarship to go um, do a three-year course to go to Belgravia Arts Centre, which is in East London. A wonderful woman took me under her arms, um, Terry Schultz, and another one, Stephanie Fraunstein. And yeah, I'd come on top of the, of the class that year, but I knew that I was going to go to Joburg to study fashion because I wanted to mix those two things. So also at that same, in high school, I'm like, I'm watching fashion shows by Alexander McQueen. I'm watching like the Isimiyaki sort of like installations whereby truly there is this mix between media and it comes from the Guaido generation for me, or it is fed by the Guaido generation of saying, I can do anything. I can go through any borders. Things we lost in the rainbow, it's me looking back in these years of my practice or years of my life because the practice is talking about my life, right? I start thinking about the extraction of the things that we lost in us getting this seat at the table of the world. As a South African, as a South African artist, as a gay black man standing in 2021, which was different from 2020 or yesterday. It's always evolving and changing. There was a great optimism in 1994. Something ended, you know, right? What's ending now? It's just like, it feels like a perpetual state. And that's, that's what the, the, the reflection of, of things you lost in the rainbow. You just really always just sit and tally for all that you've gained, what have you lost? The work's reflections on these losses and gains began with the projection of Ruger's video work, Public Service Announcement, in the digital dome of Cape Town's planetarium. I love the planetarium. It's one of my favorite spaces. One of the things I love doing is just taking myself out and going to watch the heavens. You sit in, you recline back, you look at a horizon line so beautiful on this dome. And it's just quiet. And then the show begins. And it's this voice that just takes you through the heavens. 
and you flip with the chair and you look at one star and you see as Venus Equesi rises and meets Inyanga, the moon. You just see all of that. You see where the sun is. They're not telling you where Australia is. They're not telling you where Germany is. They're not telling you where all these nation states are. You are just under this public service announcement voice that is letting you know the rules of the heavens. So I think it happens like that. I wanted to create that experience and the only way I found that video fitting um, was at the dome. Queen Ivy, as Aenea has been a matriarchy where the throne was occupied solely by a non-dynastic line of versatile queens. The opening section of public service announcement is narrated by Ruger who adopts the persona of his avatar, the Elder of Azania, and introduces viewers to the land of Azania, its makeup and its history of rule. The visuals are a kaleidoscope of neon colors, at first single creatures that melt into one another and move apart, and then a parade of numerous figures side by side that might suggest Noah's Ark or equally the physical procession through the city streets that's about to follow. The video contains this multiplicity we're talking about. It starts out as a chrysalis releasing a, a, a butterfly, which turns out to be a moth and then pixelates. It then moves, the video then moves on because it was a, a mishmash of like um, um, Attenborough uh, videos. It was a mishmash of ethnographic videos, a mishmash of taking some elements and stretching them out in Final Cut to such an extent that they look pixelated and they actually texture like birds flying and then becoming these gamma rays. So there was a lot of um, a, a, yeah, a hallucinatory experience I would have wanted. And there's always this like biblical thing that goes through my work because it's me coming up with new ways of creating rituals along this old way in which I've been taught to make rituals. And then it all boils down to one big pixel that looks like a disco dance floor. <laughs> I also wanted it to be like that, everything to draw to a pixel and have this disco element with these giant pixels that are just coming at you. So by the end of it, you're quite trippy. It was a really, really, it was a labor of love to, to once again talk about this encyclopedia, right? And lay down the laws of this land, that this opportunity that was missed or this this new Africa that has been deterred, or this new Africa that we're heading to at a pace that is not utopian or magical, you know? Once public service announcement finishes, it's dark outside, and as the audience filters out of the planetarium, they are met with a long line of brightly and extravagantly dressed avatars that Ruger first began performing in 2007. Avatars like Bay Ruth and her skin-tight metallic leggings, shiny high heels and biker's helmet. So I think there are about eight Bay Ruths, or less, six. But back in 2008, there was only me as Bay Ruth. I made the character in response, I was still living in Johannesburg, but I made it as a response to the miniskirt attacks that happened and also the xenophobic attacks that continuously have always happened. I was living in Berea and um, Troyville. 
Beirut comes from just that soup, those two events, where I wanted to really create the most alien, the most hyper-feminine character ever. There's also Ilulwane, who wears a long white robe like a priest's vestments, a shield-shaped hat resembling a pope's mitre, and beneath both, a full bodysuit made of white lace that stretches over their face and all the way down to their feet. Uh, Ilulwane is a character <laughs> performed in between 2009 and 2012 uh, New York and here in Cape Town. Ilulwane is a pejorative term for um, Kosa boys who never went through the full process or subjectively the full process of um, transitioning to being a man. The versatile Queen Ivy, who's the central avatar of Ruger's film Over the Rainbow, that plays later in the performance, is dressed in a tiara and champagne-coloured gown. And then, most iconic of all Ruger's avatars, they are the future white women of Azania, figures in high heels and tights who are covered from their torsos upwards in multicoloured balloons. Ruger first assumed the persona of the future white woman in 2012 in Makanda, where he climbed onto the plinth of the Albany Anglo-Boer Memorial and burst his costume of balloons against the bronze statue. Future White Woman of Azania starts with me, one person, popping those balloons in 2012, and then I started performing with someone else, and then it started growing. And there was a very big number that um, um, was at the uh, Things We Lost in the Rainbow, and they're, they're the population, they're the drones, or, my, or, 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 or the worker bees of Azania. In the backstory, they are responsible for kidnapping the elder of Azania. Um, they go to an exile island, and within that island, they start eating each other. So from 20, back to one again. Which is basically how any, you can think Rainbow South Africa, where the rainbow is literally eating itself to probably two bands, you know, of colour. Once the avatars are in position and the audience is gathered round, gongs sound out and the procession begins. It signals a coming together of people, or it signals sometimes like high noon or a judgment or something about to happen. And then there's the <laughs> of the heels. I think there were like about 20 people wearing heels. The foot stomping for me knew that it was time for business. And I was like, yes, you are doing it in a way that is, that is gassing me up. Like, yeah. The first two stations that the avatars interact with physically and sonically are the Delville Wood Memorial and Cecil John Road statue in Company's Garden. And then later, as the procession moves out of the garden, the statue of Jan Smuts and the wooden archway for Archbishop Desmond Tutu on Whale Street. With monuments, especially the ones in that heritage section, the company gardens. It writes me out of history. That is why in the most neon, silk, plastic flowers and reeds, I did um, these sort of like garlanded, um, framed, wreathed um, portraits of Brenda Fassi, Sylvia Rivera, Marsha P. Johnson, Simon Goli, Josephine Baker, always (laughs) so it's all these various people that probably would have been my philosophers or the philosophers of Azania they would be sort of like the the Mount Rushmore of Azania you know what we did with those was literally insert ourselves in that by sort of like okay we're gonna do a little bit of redecorating and, and 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 somehow create a proposal 
yeah, it's a proposal <laughs> because someone the, the cops can come and rip it off anytime saying your proposal didn't work. But it was a beautiful moment to be allowed by art to go and propose. All of the monuments are circled seven times. So Delville Wood is circled seven times. And then we move on. Then we go down to, to, to the company gardens. I'm a gardener. <laughs> um, I'm many things. I'm an artist. I'm a <laughs> whatever, whatever. But um, gardening is a thing that I do and I'm studious about. Company gardens is one of my favorite places. Once again, like it's a place that I love. Love running through company gardens on a balmy afternoon where you get to smell the rosemary bushes, the lavenders. But once you run down that avenue straight, you can go at like full speed because it's a beautiful clearing and wide enough. You then get boom hit by this like statue of, of Rhodes with a very scary, ominous hand gesture. Because literally he is pulling the Hitler sign. When I run towards it. I spit, actually. I've made it a point. I store all my spit, <laughs> and then I just spit it out every time I, I somehow run around it. So yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a statue that then breaks the utopia for me, rather, because I really do feel like I'm in utopia when I run. So it snaps me back to go like, yes, there's still spaces that have these things. So what we do is that we come down, and we just, the whole cast of like 30 plus people just basically start doing this swirling. And that's from the story of Joshua going to Jericho and, and asking his people to basically go around this very monumental, this very um, formidable structure, sovereign structure, which is that of the state, which is that of any systematic you can throw onto a plinth, actually. So I was doing that, go down, go around a couple of times, go around a couple of times, and then have a moment of stark silence. And emulating the trumpets that they play to break down the walls of Jericho, that's what I wanted to do with the scream. I wanted the scream to be in such a, to create a space for the scream to happen to such an extent that that, 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 that sculpture shakes and disintegrates. And it seems granite doesn't simply do that. But the, the, the gesture is there. <laughs> the gesture is there. But that screaming as well is not just the screaming of today not just the screaming of black people, but the screaming of the many systems that made people subhuman at the end of the day, you know, because apartheid left us all like subhuman. We're still looking for humanity as far as I'm concerned. There's many places in Cape Town that remind you so much of the violence of the place. We then go down. And I wanted, there's a beautiful image, which is something that I've always had in my mind as well, whereby there's a, like, there's a whole army of the future white woman of Azania and also the, the, the ensemble. And they're going past Tain Hayes and they're also going past a statue of Queen Elizabeth, of, is it Queen, no, Queen Victoria and also another, uh, and also the parliament. And it's just so powerful because there's the actual sovereign real time markers of power 
And then there's my characters in my little world who are markers of the population and the power system. So it felt like a high noon clash. The procession moves down Government Avenue where the company's garden meets Whale Street with the Slave Lodge Museum on your right-hand side and St. George's Anglican Cathedral immediately to the left. Beneath the wooden archway that commemorates Desmond Tutu, a group of ballroom dancers begins to dance. As a gay man, the Anglican, uh, Anglican Church, because it is also uh, my, my, my father and half of my, my sort of like religious didactic whatever, still has a very big problem with accepting women um, clergy, still has a very big problem with addressing homosexuality and gay rights. Um, not the right to live as a gay person, <laughs> no. The right to equal things, you know. But also, yeah, just to have a beautiful moment of having these kids who who are gay, queer, but because of their sport, which is quite gendered, they've never danced woman to woman, man to man. And that was the most liberating moment in our workshops, actually. I was like, okay, we're going to do same gender dancing. And they're like, yes, <laughs> they went in, you know. So that beautiful slow dance was, for me, it's probably in my top three moments, whereby you're just having this burst of freedom by young people. Toss your head <laughs> to the right hand side. You have like, I think it is about six Beiruts or four Beiruts <laughs> all over the statue of the good <laughs> Jansmans, General Jansmans. The Beiruts in their biker helmets and colorful leotards climb onto this bronze sculpture of Jansmans next to the slave lodge, caressing, lying, and dancing on it while cars and scooters and pedestrians pass by, taking in this layered scene of the Beiruths, the Borum dancers, the future white woman of Azania standing behind, and the figure of Iluluane who struts up and down the traffic island in front of the Anglican Cathedral. You must remember, I am <laughs> a character in this, in this procession as well, so um, that is the fun part, to just feel the fact that like there's this like... 13 to 15 years of character making around you. Um, Iluluane in this, in this thing, because now we've added a mitered uh, uh, hat and all of that, becomes quite a papal or, or ecclesiastic sort of like figure. Voguing and doing runway. Runway as in <laughs> the blood sport of drag queens. <laughs> Up and down in front of the church guiding the whole audience to go into the slave lodge. The slave lodge, which was built in the 1600s to hold the slaves of the Dutch East India Company, is a cultural history museum today. And on the night of the performance, Ruger's video work, Over the Rainbow, was projected in the museum's darkened entrance hall. Over the Rainbow is, of course, we've started with the title. The title is me being over two forms of rainbows. Um, over the, um, the hegemony and the nationalism that comes with subscribing to um, the rainbow flag sometimes, and also um, that of subscribing to um, the miasma that was created 
um, of the rainbow nation or the forced cohesion or hyper-encouraged cohesion to the rainbow nation. Over the Rainbow is an arresting six-minute video work full of colour and harmonies that follows the versatile Queen Ivy, performed in the video by Ruger. I'm dressed and I'm festooned in gold, first of all. Out of nothingness, you just see this floating head um, of me dressed as the versatile Queen Ivy, flanked in gold, lame, laurel leaves, with um, costume jewelry crown, with ruffles, but contained in a black void. Makubenjalo is that last part, the climax, is um, me singing the last part of the national anthem, which was removed to accommodate disturb and also there was an English one. So there was, yeah, there's that, there's that. It was a mishmash. And I love that about South Africa. Once again, we're taking a monument, two different, or three different monuments, or four different monuments, and we're smashing them together like a nice pastiche. And we expect cohesion to happen just because we smashed together a national anthem. But for me, when I say let it be, I'm like, forgive yourselves. You know, I think that South Africans, we, we deal with such a, a great deal of shame because we feel alone. We feel alone when many betrayals happen that are systematic and whatever. And I think that we are stuck in an abusive relationship with power systems. Makubenjalo is literally something that just wells up. Like when I play, when that part plays, and I've done it live before with a live choir and a live horn section, and, and it becomes, it truly becomes something that has galvanized the nation and then it was dropped. So once again, when something that you've held onto has been dropped, you get a sense of shame because you've been isolated and, and a certain violence happens to you. So also singing that at a time whereby we've had Marigana, um, so much has happened to betray the idea of the rainbow. So much we have lost in the rainbow. And I always think of, where do you lose things in the rainbow? <laughs> Don't you always think of that? Then that's where sort of like the painter's mind comes in because there's, there's no binaries, there's no quick changes, you know? And, and I think I'm fascinated in those, um, what do you call it, ombres, like those diffusions. I'm at the edge of all the bands maybe of the rainbow. Or maybe that's where we've lost the things in that ombre that links all those colors, I don't know. So after the slave lodge, we move out and across the street, so we're walking on our side of the street and then across the street on the wall of the Enkhiakerk, the audience was then um, a witness to um, seeing um, the versatile Queen Ivy singing a song that in the, the, the metaverse of Azania is what the national anthem should be. It's a song that was written in 1857 by one Reverend Tio and it's called Liza Lise Itingalako, which is in translation manifest destiny. Yeah, but like Lil Zazil eating Alako is such a, it's, it's a powerful song. I sing it to myself. It's my hymn. 
um, it's what should be the national anthem, what I have owned to be the national anthem of my um, fictional Azania. Um, it's an instruction to the gods, but also at the same time, it's double-edged in the sense that it's asking us to manifest our destiny. So it's like, God, <laughs> hold your deal, we'll hold ours. And then we moved on to the quarter of town that is like, it's a, how Cape Town is designed. A quarter of town, which is basically Somali, Eritrean, um, Central African, Western African, like between plain and long market. It's very, it's, it's very distinct. So I remember when I first moved to Cape Town, I used to go to an internet cafe that was in the corner by Mueller's um, Optometrist, that beautiful Art Deco front there. And yeah, most of my proposals were written there. As part of that performance, I had to just pay tribute to that as well, to the aspirations of young people by putting a video called La Mama Morta in every screen of the internet shop. So you'd see this video that I did in 2008. That was a perfect moment because it's happening in silence. You could, you could really hear a pin drop. We then walked down another street that um, I love, past the Herbert Baker, sort of like buildings and all of that. Uh, we crossed Plain, which is the street that really connects, wow, it connects the workforce, the black people of this um, uh, 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 city who go up and down Plain to go to suburbs at the top. It's such an artery. Um, so we cross it. From Plain Street, the ensemble moves into Long Market Street and where it turns into a pedestrian-only walkway outside the Cape Town Library, the avatars stop and the versatile Queen Ivy sings Lisa Lisidingalako once more, while the future white women of Azania bump up against each other, popping some of their balloons in a foreshadowing of the work's final scene. The last station, let's call it like the last station of the performance is that we have now walked through the city and um, we have in front of us this giant um, church, the Universal Church of, of the late, no, it's the Universal Church of Jesus Christ. Um, it's a charismatic church that has branches everywhere um, and it's just stark and white. This church on Lower Batenkant Street is the exact site where 10 years earlier Atipaturuga staged and filmed one of his earliest public interventions as Beirut. In response to the 2008 assault of Noabisa Tukana at the Nord Street taxi rank in Johannesburg for wearing a miniskirt, Ruga assumed the sexualized alien avatar of Beirut in her tights, heels and helmet and then climbed the wall of the Universal Church of the Kingdom of God. I climbed it as a way of feeling my, I always say my autonomous body against a sovereign statehood, which is basically all work, like artworks with me. It's a transgression going against, or feeling myself against something, not re even really like being confrontational about it, but just to see my body against a wall and that wall has to either belong to someone and the history of who it belongs to is always what makes the work. The facade that Ruger climbed in 2008 without any safety net beneath is made of metal bars or slats, almost like a giant white ladder that marks the outer edge of the church's perimeter, three stories high. 
In the concluding scene of Things We Lost in the Rainbow, Beirut's early intervention is both projected and reenacted on the wall of the church. So we ended our procession, and then there was just this silence that then had four Beiruths climbing up the same way the original Beirut did in 2008. But they were screaming their heads off. And for me, once again, it goes back to that idea of wanting to test your body, Beirut, testing your, your autonomous body against a sovereign state. But once again, having that Jericho moment where you just want him to shout it down. The audience seems to collectively hold their breath, waiting for the Beiruths to climb down from their precarious position at the top of the church. And then when they finally do, the future white women of Azania, who've been concealed under their costumes, pop their balloons, which ring out like loud, repetitive gunshots, until none remain. And the future white woman, the versatile Queen Ivy, the Beiruths, Iluluane, and the entire ensemble, including Ruga himself, climb into a bus and are driven away. For me, Cape Town is, is, is always the question of access. Success depends on access, yeah. And to be able to move from one place to another freely without being questioned as to why you're here, whether you're from Eritrea, whether you are gay, whether you are butch-presenting female, you know. And I think that for that one moment, I and the team and the ensemble, we made, we, we created such a safe passage. ICA podcast is a production of the Institute for Creative Arts at the University of Cape Town. It's produced and edited by me, Catherine Bull. Music in this episode is by Blue Dot Sessions. And additional sounds and music are from Atipaturuga's video works, Over the Rainbow and Public Service Announcement. Join us next time for a discussion with interdisciplinary artist Nomi Bloom about her 2019 work, Fragments of Encounters. See you then, and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.